So this morning, I, I come to you this morning because what I want to do is this morning, I just want to welcome you back to our REACH series. And what we've been doing in our REACH series is we've been talking about living beyond ourselves. How many of you know that we need to live beyond ourselves? You see, you know, I believe this is it. In this series, we've been talking about what God wants, how God wants us to live beyond ourselves, and, and the, what the, how we can impact the world for Jesus if we live beyond ourselves. We're also looking at, at God's plan for our church and what God's called us to do, and, we've, and we, God's given us a vision to extend, to, to enhance, and not only that, but to expand. And so we're believing for God to do some incredible things. I know if you haven't received one or you don't have one, we have a REACH brochure. It just shares our vision and what God has called us to. I ask you to get one out, get one before you leave. Maybe you've already had one, but I'm just, we've got plenty of them. We want you to read it, think about it, and pray over it. How many of you have been doing a drive-by prayer? Some of you last week, I said, man, last week I said, look, when you're driving by, just pray. But make sure your eyes are open. Amen? And so, also, just want to, just before we jump into the message, I just want to, I want to do two things. And I want to, I want to invite you in the first one to participate with me this week. I'm, I'm going to be fasting for three days. And I'm going to start tomorrow. And I'm asking you, and I want to ask every one of you to join me I, I'm in fasting. Now, you don't have to. You can fast a meal. You can fast time. You can fast TV. There's just things I'm asking you to fast. And, you know, fasting's not not dieting. It's setting aside f- the physical food and saying we can concentrate spiritually on God, what you want to do. Why am I fasting? Because we're expecting God to do some miracles through, through all of us over the next few weeks. Amen? <coughs> the second thing is, I mean, I'm talking to you about, it's our commitment week on Sunday. Say it, Sunday? March 30th. We're coming together to commit to God what he wants us to do through us financially through our REACH project. Uh, let me just encourage you uh, this journey, uh, about this journey. It's not what I can do, it's what God can do through me. Are you hearing me? It's not what I can do. My wife and I, we've been praying. I want to hear God's voice. I'm going to talk about that during the message this morning. So, But before we go on, I just want to recap. And let me just encourage you that, you know, it, it's just, if you're here for the first time, I just, what we've talked about so far is two weeks ago, we talked about living God's way. How many of you know God wants us to live his way and not our way? And, and what we did is we talked about, we challenged you with live, seeing the life of Abraham and how he had to resurrender. We learned that resurrendering God is not just a one-time thing, but it's a daily occurrence. And we come to God and we resurrender and say, God, here I am. Do whatever you want to do in me. Change me. Stir me. Ch- uh, you know, God, fill me. Whatever you want to do, I surrender my will. It's not my will. It's your will. And it's not, uh, God, I ask that you would take my will and you would cross it with your will. Amen? And we talked about, you know, that we needed to learn to do that. And last week we taught you about resurrender. We must hear God. How I many you know? We must hear God. We must listen to God. And hearing God is vital to our walk as a Christian. However... There's often a gap between hearing, that's right, come on now, someone said it right before I even, and before doing or obeying. And so that's what I want to talk about with you this morning. Today we're going to learn what it means to respond to and obey the voice of God. Amen? So you've heard someone say, well, I know what the Bible says, but, oh, I know what I should do, but, I mean, you've heard those, come on. Perhaps you even said it yourself. I know this is 
the right thing to do, but, come on, it's where you put your butt. You know, we're, go- we're doing, we're going to do it when, when we say that. You know, what, what do we do when we say that? I know what God says, but I'm just going to do something else. It's called disobedience. And see, I, I know there, there's a lot of things, you know, we, you know it's like, I just want to feel happy when I leave church. I just want to feel good. And you will feel good and you feel happy today. But I believe this is that, you know, if you look in John chapter 14, verse 23, if Jesus said this, if anyone loves me, look what he says, he will keep my word. And, and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. See, let me just say, obedience is not a rule book. It's a condition of the heart. I'll say that again. Obedience is not a rule book. It's a condition of our hearts. You see, obedience is that, is that, that process <coughs> through suffering sometimes. Surrender. Come on. Surrendering, listening, then acting. That's powerful, isn't it? Sometimes we got to come to a point where God, all right, I surrender my will. God, whatever you want to do in my life. And, I'm, you know, sometimes that's difficult. And sometimes listening can be very difficult. Come on, man. I, heard, I saw some of your wives going, you listening? Anyway. And then it's not just that. It's then acting. It's what, the, what was said, just doing, obeying. You see, that's what's called. You see, I believe this, but what is the essence of obedience? The essence of obedience is just loving God. That's the essence of obedience. You know, if you love me, you'll keep my words. And not only that, it's a product of our heart. It's a byproduct of our heart, just obedience. See, James, I love this. Is What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warm, and be filled. But you do not give them the right things which are needed for the body. What does it profit? Then it goes on. Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is what? Dead. So without obedience, God's kingdom never comes on earth and will never see the power of God released without obedience. How many of you want to see the power and the provision of God released? If that's the case, and we've got to realize that it, it, what, without obedience, you're never going to see the kingdom of God. You're never going to see the miraculous begin to take place. Obedience is the key to our faith coming alive. You know what? The difference between re- dead religion and relationship with Jesus is that all of a sudden you begin to know you begin to know God and God speaks to you instead of just going, well, I don't know if I'm going to. But you begin to walk in the very thing you've heard God tell you to do. And sometimes, and I want to talk about that some today because I know sometimes we question, is that you, God, or is that my pizza, or is that, you know, just me feeling kind of, you know, a little on fire? Or what, what is it? What's going on inside of me? How many have those questions sometimes? Is this God? Is this? Is it me? Is it other people? Is it pressure? Where does the miraculous happen? It's when we obey what God tells us to do. See, if God can find obedient people, then his kingdom can come and his will can be done. I want to do God's will. And I know you do. That's why it's so critical if we fail to obey 
we fail to see the power of God. And you know, you know, I, I can remember times when God has spoken to me about doing something and I just delayed and I didn't do it right away. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I remember one time when I was a young Christian, I felt like God told me to go talk to this person and I didn't do it. I'll just be honest. And I didn't do it. And they died. Now, did they die because of me? No. Did God maybe send someone else? Yes, he could have. But he asked me to go speak to that person. And I, because I delayed, I didn't get that moment and that time to be able to speak to that person. You know, that has shaped me. And it's like when I, I, I remember when I was in New York City on 42nd Street in front of all the triple X theaters. I was not going in. I was preaching to the people going in. And we were doing open air preaching. And, and I, that morning I prayed. I said, God, I want to hear your voice. And when you speak to me, I want to be quick to obey. I don't want to have delayed, delayed obedience is disobedience. And I remember praying that prayer. And we were out on the street. And I was talking to some people. And I, we passed by. This guy had a microphone. And he was preaching open air. And there was people. All, I mean, 40, it's, it was busy. And i never forget you know, we're just talking, and <coughs> excuse me, I need this this morning. And I remember just talking to these people, and as we're talking, you know, and I've seen them, we're encouraging them. They were ministering to people in the street, and we were just saying, hey, that's great. And I was walking off, and as I was walking off, God said, I want you to go back, and I want you to take that microphone, and I want you to speak. And I was like, oh, God, that's just, that's the devil. Or that's. That's, I, I don't need to do that, God. That's, those guys are doing a good job. And I remember walking, and God speaks to me. I thought you asked me to talk to you, and if I talked to you, you'd be quick to obey. And I remember I'd cross the street, and I, I literally, I did not walk back. I turned around, and I ran back. And when I ran back, the guys got the microphone. He's like, I said, give me the microphone. He goes, huh? And I go, give me the microphone. And, I'm <laughs> and I started preaching. And I don't know what I said, but I did what God told me to do. You know what I'm saying? And I said, God, I don't want there to be delayed obedience. I don't want to be in disobedience. I want to obey you. Delayed obedience is just the same. It's just as this is the same as disobedience. You know, it's it's. You know, I, I believe that you miss what God wanted you to do, what God wants to do through you. The truth is, we have a choice every day in life. Amen? We can obey the voice of God or not. You know, I, I just, I, I want differences, the disobedience comes from a couple of, couple of ways, and I want to talk about them real quick. The first one is direct disobedience. Direct disobedience makes me think of young children and uh, testing their boundaries. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you have children and you've seen them? You tell them, don't touch that. It's hot, hot, hot. And they go back and they go, touch it. And they go, ah! You know what I mean? And they realize they get a revelation of what hot means. How many times I've told, you know, I have, I could tell countless stories i'm not going there with each of my children and walking in and me tell them what to do something and i've always told them delayed obedience is disobedience and see you know very few believers intentionally go and directly uh, disobey god and god calling them to do any you know most believers don't want to have direct disobedience 
But I believe that most believers succumb to delayed obedience. That's the second thing. Delayed, this, delayed obedience. This is when many believers of Christ will obey up until a point where they feel insecure or they feel uncomfortable. You know? Through my years as being a Christian, I've, resp- I've responded in a couple of different ways. And here, here's a couple of ways that, you know, maybe where God has spoken to me, okay? And uh, I wait and try to reason with God. Anybody try to do that? God, if that's you, you know, just, you know, you just kind of talk God out of it, right? Anybody try to talk God out of him telling you to do something? Y'all pray for me, okay? Maybe there's, you know, uh, you, you, you go, well, God, aside, you hope that he forgets what he asked you to do. You know what I mean? And then, then I question God. Did you really mean that? Do you really want me to do that? Did you really say that? Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? And the third thing, I compromise with God. What does that mean? God, I will do what you're asking me to do, but I can't do that. I'll do anything, but not that. Am I in the right church this morning? You see, we often partially, we're often partially obedient or delayed in obedience because of one thing. Let me tell you what it is. Fear. Fear. We, sometimes we just allow, when God is calling us out of the comfort zone, come on, baby, talk to me. You know, when we get it, we we're challenged to be in that comfort zone. He wants us to walk by faith and not by what? Sight. God wants us to walk by faith. And the enemy of our faith is fear. Fear of the unknown. But what if, oh, ah, what if that, oh. And, and most of the time, our greatest fear never comes to pass. Let me give you four fears that maybe attempt to make you disobey God this morning. The first one is this, fear of failure. Well, what if I blow it? What if I fail? What if it doesn't work out? What if, what if I really do obey God, then I mess up? What if I, I step out of the boat? And follow God, then it doesn't happen. Or maybe how about this one? Fear of success. What if I really begin to move forward in life? What will my friends think? What if God does a supernatural thing in my life and people are, are going to think that I'm weird? You're one of those people that believe God for everything? Oh, my God. What kind of person are you? How about the next one? Fear of man. Woo. Do we care more about the approval of our friends, our family, our co-workers, even people we don't even know? Or do we care about pleasing God first? Am I in the right church this morning? You see... Or the next one is this, the fear of the future. (coughs) (coughs) When God asks us to do something that doesn't make sense to us. Come on. Any of you have any of those? It just doesn't make sense. 
what the heck are you doing? We begin to think all of the future implications obeying God will just hold. You know, just think if Abraham would not have been, would he be, if he had succumbed to fear over obedience to God, what would have happened? We probably wouldn't be here this morning. Or we'd be talking about someone else that did. How many of you, like me, have ever allowed fear to overtake your faith? And the rest of you, we're praying for you. That you become honest. Let me, let me give you an opportunity to repent. How many of you have allowed fear sometimes to grip your heart? See, the, the bad thing about fear, not only can it grip your heart, but it can hold you in a place where it grips you that you do nothing. You see, you were delayed or partially obedient to God's voice. I want to take, I want to talk a moment about a guy, a man named Joshua, who was facing one of the most scariest times in his life. You know, how many years he had, he, he was the protege of the understudy of Moses. Now, Moses had a great ministry. I mean, he saw great things. He saw stuff happen. He stood before Pharaoh, who was the most powerful person in the world. He stood before his army. They saw the Red Sea begin to open up. They began to go out into the desert. God provided quail and manna, and they saw all this stuff. Moses came down glowing from the, the mount. Mount Sinai, and he, he began, he gave the Ten Commandments, he gave the rule book, he began to share with people, and Moses was like an incredible guy. And here comes Joshua. Imagine what the people thought. Man, I mean, Moses now, but Joshua? I remember being, how many of you ever had to be second man sometimes? I remember just at times when I would have bosses or I had to represent them. And, you know, they look at you. And my stepfather has a company and I'm a stepson. And, and, and when I had to go give directive, people would look at me like, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's your stepdad, but you ain't him. Or when I was Pastor Jacob, I was associate pastor. And most of the time, you're associate or or assistant pastor, the first three letters are usually what people look at you as you look like. It don't matter what you put in front of it. Because that's how you feel sometimes. Here he is, Joshua. Number two man. But God has a call on his life. Not only a call, a great call. And Joshua 1, we pick up where Moses had just died. The mantle of leadership falls on Joshua to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. And look what it says, chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. In other words, he's saying, get up. You don't have time to mourn. You don't have time to figure it out because sometimes God will bring you to a mountain and you ain't coming back. God will take you to a place and you're not coming back. Just this week, this past week, Steve Hill, who, who's preached Brownsville Revival and stuff, I read his letter and it, it, he just passed away. He, he battled cancer for 10 years and I knew his life before it was the revival place. 
in Brownsville. I knew what he was like, and his mentors were David Wilkerson and Leonard Ravenhill, two guys that were my teachers. It just I was torn from the same kind of cloth and seeing the kind of guys that those were. And then what he says at the end, he said, don't ever get, comf- get to the place where you're comfortable. And here he is. Here's here's Joshua. He had to make a choice. Would he obey the voice of God or not? But ultimately we know because we have the book. He obeyed the voice of God and the children of Israel were able to inherit the promised land. Just a side note. Let me just say this. Our obedience, our disobedience to God affects not only us, but listen to me, but also the those that come behind us, and the legacy that we leave. Here's three steps to obedience. How many of you wanted to hear this one? Okay, here we go. I'm going to preach right now. Is that all right? Okay, here it is. Three steps to walking. Number one, believe God is for you. Look at me. God is for you. I don't care if people tell you whatever. I don't care what people have said about you. I don't care where you were born. I don't care who your mama, your daddy, your grandpa, or what happened if they murdered someone or attacked someone or they were in jail and they got a reputation. God loves you. God is for you. What does that mean? It's, it all comes back to one thing. God is good. No matter what you face, God is good. Look at your neighbor and say, God's good. Look at the other neighbor who looks lonely, doesn't want anybody to talk to him and say, he's good to you too. You see, he's good. He's the perfect father. Some of you might have had messed up daddies. Some of you had messed up fathers. He's the perfect father. He's the father you always dreamed of having. He is all-knowing, all-seeing, and all-powerful. This week I was listening to a song, and it's, it, it's, it's a short song, like a two-minute song, and it's, just, it's, it, it's called Through and Through, where God, it, it's like a song, and I started closing my eyes, and I started hear, listening to the words, and it says this. He goes, I know you. I know you. And I started thinking about God knows me. He knows. Sometimes people don't know what you do when you're by yourself. Come on now. Sometimes people don't know what you're thinking, but God knows you. And I love what it says. He goes, he knows you, and I love what it says, and he loves you. I started thinking about when I leave this earth one day and I close my eyes And I leave this earthly place and I breathe celestial air. And I don't know what I'm walking in, a tunnel or procession, but there'll be people. I I, I picture like people just lined up. Welcome me in. And at the end, I can hear God calling out to me. I match the voice that I heard that carried me and helped me throughout this life. The voice that protected me, the voice that loved me, the voice that gave me a vision, the voice that was faithful to me, the voice that warned me, the voice that said, you can love that person, you can love that person, be careful. How many of you know what I'm talking about? God is a God. He has our very best interest in mind. He knows you. He's not, he's not, can I just say, let me just say this. He's not here to extract joy from you. He's here to give you life and give you joy. He's not a joy buster. 
I know a lot of really good. Yeah, I got saved back in 19. And they look like, I mean, they got no life to give, nothing to give. They just tell you what day, and it was a one-time deal, and that's it. And they're not doing anything. They're not saying, sharing with anybody. My desire is, God, give me people to share with that I can win them for you. Listen, God has called us to a vision that's bigger than ourselves. And we got to know that God is with us. God is for us. He's with us. And when we see and we obey what God tells us to do, is that people will see the incredible things that God's only dreamed about in this community. Thanks for all those amens. He's not out to wreck your life. Look at some scriptures. Look at, he says, here's, I'll just read some. If you then... Being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Romans, what, what then shall, shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Jeremiah said, for I know the thoughts and I think that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Come on, that's a God, that's a good God. He said, I got, I got a future for you, and I got some hope for you. Come on. You see, man, these are some powerful verses. Man, I just, each, I mean, you speak these. It's the goodness. It's the nature of God. Many of us somewhere along the road, well, what happens is sometimes along the road, just life, the cards get switched. Whether it's through a challenging situation, maybe a parent, a coach, or authority figure, or through a challenging circumstance in life. When we are faced with a question, is God good? Does he truly care for me? I just think about that. Feel like a cow right now. I need to chew my cud a little bit. Let it marinate. God's good. Look at me. If you're facing some kind of situation, God is good. He's the same God that's with little Joel Belt right now. Same God. That's given Josh and Lindsay the grace to walk through what they face. Not be gloomy, not be doomy, not to be any of that. But to allow the joy of the Lord to be their strength. Are you hearing me? Same God. Same God. Same God that's walked with me for three and a half years as I've battled cancer. I'm not here, I'm not a poster child to feel sorry for me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm a poster child to be able to say, see what God can do. That's all I'm saying. I'm believing for a miracle. I'm believing for total annihilation, total healing, that I'm going to be an old man and you're going to have to get used to me. Pray God give me a backbone like the church old church pillows. I pray that he gives me a rhinoceros, rhinoceros hide. So when the enemy's darts try to come against me, and as long as I got teeth, I'll bite the devil as long as I can. And if I lose my teeth, I'll gum him till I die. Amen. It don't matter. God's good. Let's see, however, we, we have seen these verses. God is for us. Say it with me. God's for me. God loves me. God has a plan for my life. 
Come on, God wants to provide for me. Okay, let me just stop there. God wants to provide for you. He does. You got to go do something. That doesn't mean we believe in works. It means you got to step out in faith sometimes for God to provide for you. God is mindful who you are and where you are. When God speaks, it's, it's, it's with our best intentions in mind because he's good. Let's go look at the second key of obedience. Don't believe a negative report. Don't believe a negative report. Often the very thing that you hear when you make a stand to obey and respond, you hear the, it's the voice of opposition. I'll just camp out on that one right now. You know, when, when Tracy and I came here 14 years ago, I knew God had called me to come. But there was voices of opposition. Can I just be honest with you? People go, are you sure this is God? God wants you to go where? Jennings? Why not Seattle? Why something exciting? Why don't, you know, I even had a guy that I had a call who was kind of like our presbyter in the denomination I was in at one time. And he said, Bubba, are you sure this is God? He was questioning me. I told him, I said, well, all I know is this. If it's not, I'm going. But if it is, I've been. What's the, he goes, are you called? I said, what's the difference of being called and sent? What's the difference? I was sent here. What's the difference of being called and sent? God, he didn't know this, but God had called me years ago through a prophecy. You're going to be a sent one. So, hey. But I know this. God never sends a messenger with an empty envelope either. Amen. And see, I believe this is it. You know, even when I came here, I had preachers in this town, and some of them aren't here no more. Praise God. But anyway. And told me, you know, well, why don't you go to another town? We have enough preachers here. And I thought, my response was, well, if everybody decides to go to church this Sunday, there's still not enough room. I just believe this. And, and I don't say, you see, I believe that in the Old Testament, Joshua faced this when God called him to go into the promised land. Joshua needed God's voice and had faith. I believe this. God is bigger than in. You remember, remember when he went out with the, t- the 12? When, when Moses sent the 12 out, two came back, him and Caleb, and said, man, we can take them. There's giants. Yeah, there's giants in the land, but what are the giants to our God? Look what God has done. I mean, he's kicked tail, taking names. But what he was really saying is God is bigger than any giant and than any obstacle. Amen. When you stand up to obey, many times you're going to face challenging. You're going to be challenged in different directions. When you change directions, you're often going against the current. What does that mean? You're going against the grain. I I realize this. I don't want to be like a dead fish floating downstream with everybody else. I want to be like a live fish swimming against the currents and going, God, I'm going in the direction you want. And I'm not living by... The, the accolades of men, but I want to live by your voice and bring obedience and faith, and I want to see the miraculous happen. You see, when you hear these types of things, even your closest friends and your family, 
Oh, here comes the Holy One. He's just too good for everybody else now. And when I first got saved, man, I, got, I was radical. I call you out, man. I had a lot of zeal, not much knowledge. Because I was pretty radical before that. And I remember my mama looked at me one day, and, and she goes, she goes, she's mad at me for something I did. I don't know. And, and, and I remember she looked at me. She goes, I liked you before, what you were before. I go, oh, really? When I was coming up 2 o'clock and knocking on the door, didn't have my key, and Todd wouldn't wake up because he was out, and you would come to the door and go, what's wrong with you? Or the guy that always fussed at you and everything, blah, 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 you know what I mean? She's like, well, okay. And can I tell you something? Me and my mom have a great relationship. You see, when you step out to move towards God and you truly obey his voice and his passion for your life, honestly, there's no telling what you'll hear or what you'll see God do. When God put it on our our hearts to come here and start this church, I heard all kinds of crazy things. I heard all kinds of crazy things. People trying to pull me this way, pull me that way. And I even had people, can I just be honest with you? Since I'm being honest, can I just be really honest with you? You know, there's people that I prayed for that would come to our church. And there's people I prayed that they would leave our church. Look at me. I am not joking. Because it was all about them. It was never about the kingdom. It's what they wanted, never about what God wanted. And see, sometimes it's hard when you have to face authority. We don't like to talk about that. But let me just say, can I just make something clear? When I started this church, I, you want to know who's in charge? The person of this book's in charge of this church. Not Bubba McCann. It's him. And it's him alone. And I made a, uh, made a commitment. God, if it's in the book and you speak to me, I want to do whatever you. And you know what? I don't want to. I don't want. I want to see miracles. And sometimes you go, well, I want to see miracles. I want people to say, look, can I tell you something? If you walked in my shoes and you've seen what I've seen, I've seen nothing but miracles since we've been here for 14 years. And I believe that the greater times of miracles are fixing to happen and greater things are going to happen and people's lives are going to be changed because we're here for people. And the last one. Is this. Just do it. Phil Knight doesn't have anything on us with Nike. Just do it was happening before Nike was around. Because there's a lot of people in the Bible and a lot of saints that maybe their names aren't, but love God, and they just did it. Ain't nothing to but to do it. You see, hear the voice of God, confirm it in his word, go to prayer, get some godly counsel, and, and if you need to, just do it. Don't live in the fear of what others may say or what they think or do. Just do it. Imagine Abraham if he wouldn't have offered Isaac on the altar because it didn't make sense. Imagine Joseph he did, that he wouldn't have saved all the people if he wouldn't have saved the grain. We wouldn't be sitting here. We would have died of starvation. Imagine uh, uh, Jesus if he didn't go to the cross. <coughs> I want to remind you of one thing in terms of obedience obedience listen to me precedes the miraculous obedience precedes the miraculous 
There's no better time right now than just to do what God wants you to do. There's no better time. And listen, sometimes we wait for the conditions. Hello? Well, I'll do it. Is it raining outside? Listen, you know why some people aren't here this morning? The conditions weren't right. And listen, I know in our culture, listen, because we come from a flood culture, before we had ditches and everything else, you know what I'm saying? If it rains, people in South Louisiana still freak out. How many of you got relatives? They don't go nowhere. It's raining. So? It didn't keep you from the casino. No, don't shut me down when I start preaching good. It didn't keep you, it didn't keep you from going to get that six-pack. But somehow, if it rains on a Sunday morning, can I tell you Saturday nights? Look, can, I, can I be honest with you this morning? I, all right. Saturday nights, if I hear that it's a prayer, I, I get mad. God has to deal with me. Because I know there's people in our church that just won't come to church if it's raining. Or if it's a forecast to rain. Come on. Thank y'all for being here this morning. I'm not mad at you. And I'm not mad at the people that are here. I just hate it. I get mad. I go, Lord. I mean, literally, I'll go, I'll look at my thing on the thing. Ah, oh, Saturday night. And they're saying it's going to rain tomorrow. Oh, throw my phone away. I get mad. No, I know that's what it's going to make people not come. God told Moses to take off his sandals in Exodus because he took, and when he took off his sandals and he got in the presence of God, God knew that Moses could be humble enough that the, he, would, he could hear God's voice and obey it, and the children of Israel would follow his example of humility and obedience. God told Noah in Genesis chapter 6, go build an ark. And it never rained, and he did it. Even and imagine every day, everybody was making fun of him and said, this is a crazy thing. Because he obeyed, we're sitting in the room. Amen? How about Naaman? It's one of my favorite stories. He's a great general. He goes, and he wants to see the prophet. The prophet won't even see him. He said, go dip yourself in the Jordan seven times because he had leprosy. He was a mighty man. He was a great man. And, and he's like, but he had leprosy. He brought all these gifts and all these things. And the prophet said, I don't want your gifts. It's like, God, God, I don't want your deals. Just obey me. And he was like, he was mad. He said, he told me to go dip in the Jordan. If you know the Jordan, it's a muddy pond. And he said, take seven ducks to a muddy pond. It means go down seven times and come up. That's like going out. Now, let me, let me think of a river no one gets. That's like going out and going to the, the Nepeke. Go to the Nepeke and dip seven times and your leprosy will leave you. Yeah, right. And I'll hit a cow floating down too. And you know the story. He, goes, and he has a sermon. He goes, Lord, if they would have told you to go do something grand or something, like you would have done it. But he's just asking you a simple request to go down. And man, he goes in there one time. Oh, this is stupid. I'm in the jar. Man, this is a seven times. And the seventh time he comes up and he goes, ah, ah. And the Bible says his, his skin was like a baby's skin. Ah, my miracle. Ah. Why did he get a miracle? Because he obeyed. 
How about Peter? Jesus said, come to me on the water. Peter goes, that's right. How many love Peter? Come on. At one minute, he's praising God, and the next time he gets, you imagine, obedience, and he gets rebuked by the entire Godhead. That's his whole story. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit rebuke Peter at different times in the Bible. He walks out on the water, and he starts walking, and all of a sudden, he looks at his condition, and goes, oh, this isn't supposed to be happening. Jesus saves him. Obedient, our obedience releases the provision of God in our lives. How many God's provision for your life? Lucy, you know what God's waiting for? Your simple obedience. I want to be part of something where God finds a group of people that say, you know what, God? We're yours. We belong to you. We're going to do what you say. I want to be part of something that reaches the world for Jesus. When Zach was going Alaska, Haiti, all those places. You know what's funny? When he mentioned those two, he didn't know that, but I've been to both places. And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Not that they remembered me or anything. But when you got a name like Bubba, if you go to Mexico, they go, no, 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 Bubba. Pastor Bob. Bubba means retarded. No, 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 Pastor Baba, uh, Pastor Bob. So when they, they this is Pastor Bob. <laughs> and if they call me Bubba in, in Czechoslovakia, it means your grandmother showed up. <laughs> but I like the Zulu word. It means father in chief. So I'll go with that one. I want to know. I want, I want to know that my obedience had a part of playing seeing God's dream come to pass in our community. How about you? We will never know fully all that our obedience produces. Not in this lifetime. You know, it's neat. Over the years, I've been serving the Lord now. It's crazy to think that, but almost 34 years. And in 34 years, I've had people come to me, man, you witnessed to me 15 years ago. Man, you witnessed to me 10 years ago. Man, you ministered to me five years ago. Man, I remember when you came. To, man, I remember EJ, the first time he ever came to church here. I ministered in a little, little church in Branch, Louisiana. I mean, you know where Branch is. A little church there that was part of family life. And they, the couple there, we were ministering to school right there in Branch Elementary. I mean, we own Branch Elementary. We're doing Bible clubs. We do summer camps, all kinds of stuff. And they had me come in and speak. And EJ had just gotten saved, and he shared my, I shared my testimony at that service. And, he came, and I remember the first Sunday, his wife, Teresa, was like, ah, you know, they were looking for a church. They were living in Gaydon. And he goes, well, let's go, let's go check out that church in Jennings. I said, I don't want to go to that church. And I remember he, he goes, she goes, yeah, they got a pastor named, like, Bubba McKinnon. I'm going to that church. And when he walked in the doors, he goes, pastor, he goes, Bubba, EJ, you remember me? I've been looking for you for 15 years. Can I be honest with you? I didn't remember him. <laughs> he said, I've been looking for you. I just know that God has a place 
You know, we've been here 14 years. How many of you know that we got a reputation in these parts of the country? It's pride, prejudice, and poverty. Come on, anybody want to speak that? Well, come on. We got pride. How many of you know we got a little pride? I'm from Jennings. I'm from Lake Arthur. I mean, one time, you know, I mean, we put on the sign. We used to have a sign that Jennings will never change until you do. And we put it on the other side going, Lake, Lake Arthur will never change until you do. We had Mayor Giles call us. How many of you know who Mayor Giles? You better get that blinkly blink sign down. I'm sue your church. He was so mad at me. I, excuse me, excuse me. And it was Josh who put the sign up. I didn't even see it yet. <laughs> That's when he was like 18 or 19, you know. I'm like, anyway. That was my introduction to J. Lake Arthur, honestly. But you know what? What if right now in OSC Kids, we have the next Billy Graham, the next Charles Finney, the next Catherine Coleman? You never know. Just because of obedience. What, what if right now, God, I mean, this is not a lie. Tracy and I were at our all staff this week, and Michelle Ranza came up to us, and she says, you know what, Pastor? She was telling Trace, talking to Tracy, and she goes, I just felt like the Lord spoke to me the other day. I wanted to tell you all the other day, but I was praying, and God spoke to me. He said, she goes, you know, I was praying, and God really put Crowley on my heart. And she goes, I know that y'all have y'all, y'all been laboring in Jennings and Eunice, and sometimes it's been difficult, and it's been hard. It's been hard ground to plow. But she said, you know what, when you go to Crowley, you're going to reap where you didn't sow. But little did she know, and little did you know, that when God called me back here, I said, God, I want to follow you. And God said, go back. And I was looking, and I go back to the swamp. You know, anyway, go back, go back. Your team ain't got no spirit in your coaches a chunk. I said, go back. Anyway, I can't get that out of my mind. Anyway, it's ruined me. But when God called me back here, it was just like the guy that was, was legion that he said, God, I want to follow you. And he said, he said I want to go where you want. And he said, go back to Demopolis. Demopolis means ten cities. Did you know that, Mr. Mike? Because every time we're going to say, God's raising up ten churches. He always reminds me of that. Pastor Bubba, we don't know, I don't know if we're going to live this long. See it all come to bad. But you know what? I got sons in the Lord. I think they're going to have the vision that God gives them because it's, it's bigger than all of us. And I don't want to stop at 10. That may be 10 in this region. We don't know what, the rest of, what God can do with the rest of the world and our kids and our grandkids. Come on. The thing I pray for my children is that I, God, make them violently filled with your spirit. You know, today is my little girl's birthday. Olivia, you know what's really cool? This is cool. I love it. She, I mean, my little girl can work more than all my boys and got a better attitude than they ever had. That's the blessing about girls. You know, she got birthday money yesterday and the other day. And right when the offering was come, I didn't tell her to do that. She gave me her envelope and go, Daddy, this is my off- this is my tithe. Put it in the offering. I got to go to kids' church. I wish people in our church would get this. 
can I just tell you something? We are a church that God has just provided. Wait, wait, don't clap yet because you might not like what I'm fixing to say. God has miraculously provided for despite some of you. Maybe I shouldn't have said that, but I did and I felt good. Thank you. It's a long time coming. You know, it's sad that 23% to 24% of the people that are sitting in the pews this morning or in the chairs provide for everything you see. It's sad. You know what? We wouldn't have to do a lot of things. You know, with outreaches and things like that that we do, it's, it's the people of faith. Can I tell you something? And sometimes the biggest givers are single mamas. Widows. I can show you. And you know who outgives everybody in the church? Look at me. Anonymous. What does that mean? We have a list when I can look through the thing and it says anonymous. That means people just gave cash. They don't want their name to be known. They don't, so if that's you, don't worry about it. You, you're in there with anonymous. This is okay. It must not be because y'all are quiet. Get me out of here. Thank you. I love you too. I'll tell you one thing. If you're not obedient, you'll just never know what God can do. You know, the sad thing is that when God called us here, you know, it was just a step of faith. And Tracy and I had to trust God. And can I say, after in 14 years, I've never missed a paycheck. Never have. And if some of you wondering, I've had rumors like, the church pays for your, your kid's school. That's not true. The church is just true. Can I just tell you, I hadn't gotten a raise in eight years. Eight years. And you go, well, what's all about that? It's not, I'm not mad at anybody. I've been trying to pay our other pastors more. If you only knew. And see, for what we're building right now, you know what? It's greater than anything. God is, God, listen, this is just the beginning of what God wants to do. It's the beginning. Say it with me, the beginning. And it's like, I'm not mad at anybody in here. I'm just, I'm just so like, God, I just... Make something happen where you show up. And when you show up, that I'm not trying to make other people's fire for them, where they have passion for you, that they have passion, that they've sought you, and you set them on fire, and they're not trying to burn off and steal a, a, a coal from someone else's fire, but creating their own fire of obedience. Because I know this, when you walk in obedience, God shows up, and he puts a little on the fire, and all of a sudden something begins to brighten up. I want God to breathe on this place. I believe for the miraculous. I believe for the supernatural. Because I'm a product of it. Wow. I didn't think the church would end this way this morning. But if you could, let me just do this. If you could, just pull out your commitment card.
And I just want to go over a few things before I dismiss you today. I, I just want you to take a minute. It's my, it's, it's my commitment. And you, you saw it on your, take it off the chair. This card is a simple form designed for you to make a commitment to the REACH project. We're not, we're not turning them in this weekend. I don't want you to fill them out right now. I don't want you to do that. So if you already filled it out, it's okay. I don't want you to do anything with it. I just want you to look at it. And what I want you to do is I, I, don't, I, don't want you to, I don't want you to fill it out. I want you to go home with this. And I don't want you to pray. It's not about God, what I can do. It's about God, what can you do through me? If you're married, get your wife. Pray over the car. God, what do you want us to do? I see these numbers and wow, dang. I want to be that thing or I want to do that. I don't have the ability. Listen, I just know this. Like me and Miss Jean were reminding each other about two weeks ago. If God can get it to me, he can get it through me. And it's not about what you can do. It's about what God can do through you. So all I'm asking you, in a couple weeks, we're going we're gonna to be asking you to fill out this. We're asking you to pray. We're asking you to believe. But I want you to take it home with you today, and I just want you to pray. I just want you to do what God wants you to do. There's no pressure from me, but believe me, we're believing for a vision that's bigger than all of us and seeing the fulfillment of a dream that's in the heart of God. Amen? To touch a community, touch an area, and touch a community believe God that he can only do what he can. Remember, do it quickly, do it quietly, and do whatever God calls you to do completely. Is that all right? You don't need to shout a trumpet, ah, I gotta do, I'm doing this. Just whatever God tells you to do quickly. I've told my children, obey quick. My dad always used to tell me, you know, being on time's late. He said, you need to be somewhere 10, 15 minutes early talking to my cousin the other day. I was like, one of my kids, well, what about you, your cousin? He goes, oh, he's got the same devil every McCann does. He ain't going to be late, especially if it's a hunt. Whatever God tells you to do, don't walk in fear, walk in faith. Believe God is for you. Don't believe a negative report. And just do what God tells you to do and see what only he can do. Amen? If you're from the Crowley area, let me just, we're going to meet tonight at nine uh, at 6 o'clock. And the address is 950 Tower Road. I'd encourage you to come and be a part of our life group there. And I know that all the other life groups, I mean, you've been having a good time in life groups. God's been doing great things. 985. Thank you. 985. I said 950. If you show up at 950 uh, Tower, 9 what? Okay, I'm listening. Are you? 985 Tower Road, not 950, okay? Where that is, if you go and you're getting off, going towards Lafayette, you get off at the Lowe's exit. You don't go to Lowe's. You go across the overpass to the second house on the left. And we're just, we're having life group and believing God that he's given us some direction. We have some opportunities you need to pray for. I'm going to go meet someone at 5 o'clock today, and maybe we might be renting out a place and kind of have an official place where we're going to be. Sunday. So I just ask you to pray and to believe God with us. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for everyone here, and I pray your grace and your power and your ability to touch lives. 
Help us to hear your voice, to know your voice, to be sensitive to your voice, to know all that you want to do in us, with us, and through us. Father, I thank you for everyone here. I pray your favor. I pray the favor of God that's not even fair to be upon their lives and upon everything that they do. And Lord, I thank you that you're going to speak to us. You are speaking to us. And I pray your blessings in Jesus' name.